When Splatoon first released in 2015, I was instantly won over to the series. While I was obviously captured by the fun, underground hip-hop aesthetic and the charmingly addictive multiplayer game modes, the single player really was the most impressive bit of the gameplay to me. The campaign offered fun and concise levels that added exciting extra content to the game's package, and, at the same time, served as a brilliant way to introduce players to the situations and elements experienced in multiplayer. Nowhere is this more apparent than the game's last boss, DJ Octavio. Now, if the single player mode was meant to teach the player how to survive and thrive in multiplayer gameplay. Then, Octavio serves as a final exam of each and every bit of design you've been exposed to through the campaign. The fight especially focuses on the player's ability to multitask, a very important skill required for success in the online modes. I believe one of the first ways this battle teaches this is by relying on placement. While this starts off as a fairly straightforward element of the fight and poses little threat at first, Octavio progressively reduces the player's mobility as paths become narrower and less conventional. This is especially apparent in the later phases sponges, which can be shrunk and removed by enemy ink, limiting the player's options of movement and escape. Having to focus on where you are in the fight, as well as how the enemy impacts your route, develops an interesting push-pull balance to the battle that constantly keeps players on their toes. Now, in my opinion, this is meant to teach the player how to deal with the rapidly shifting landscape in multiplayer turf wars. Okay, so hear me out. At the beginning of the match, you start with a blank canvas spanning a wide area that you have the opportunity to freely move around. However, as the game progresses, you are constantly losing pathways to enemies, allowing for you to be boxed in under dangerous conditions with little form of escape. Now, while the consequences of losing movable turf in these two examples differ, they both evoke very similar feels as to how they work, since the restricted movement of both leads to less time to react and counterattacks. In order to succeed in both a boss battle and online, the player must be able to adapt to the smaller regions of movement, and therefore possess a much snappier reaction time and better game sense. Another element to this fight is the presence of time management. Despite earlier enemies like the Oct torpedoes being easily dealt with, Octavio's attacks like the metallic fists and the giant nerf-looking octahedron missile monstrosity he fires off require numerous attacks to return to sender. This creates an interesting dynamic of having to allocate your time between defensive and offensive tactics. While you could just hide in the ink and easily avoid any damage from his smaller attacks, you miss out on any opportunity to deal serious damage by reflecting his punches and, therefore, can progress the fight. This constantly shifting seesaw of strategy keeps the players on their toes and ultimately forces risk. Putting the player in a position to make decisions such as focusing the fist at the expense of getting hit creates much more tension and pressure to the fight. Again, this mirrors the multiplayer-centric gameplay in Splatoon's online modes. In a mode like Turf War, this trade-off exists in the potential benefits of killing an enemy teammate and shutting them off limits for the respawn time, or laying low and simply covering back up their tracks of ink. Both cases invite players to risk danger in exchange for a high reward long-term. In addition, both modes also set up their own ultimatum time limits and restrictions to further encourage this type of risky time-saving. By simply featuring an all-encompassing time limit, the online modes very clearly push for making every second count towards reaching your objective. This, therefore, makes the rewards of offensive and combative strategies even more appealing for the ability to shut down others. The boss fight applies a very similar method through its three-live system. Players receive a great benefit from pushing the DJ back and progressing the fight, over playing defensively like a sitting duck and risking eventual death. Having this creates the risky play that in turn can lead to even more deaths and a potential restart for failure. Finally, if I can gush about just one more bit of great design in this battle, it's the fight's willingness to overlap such a multitude of elements and attacks. A fight that starts off with a couple of measly octo torpedoes turns into a cluster of different weapon types and enemies, each with their own charge times and damage outputs. The impact of all of these obstacles jumping into the fray is asking the 
player to adapt and overcome through five different phases of the fight. Just as instruments pile on into a symphony, the out-of-sync rhythms of DJ Octavio's attacks require the player to fall into lockstep with how the battle flows. As new elements are thrown into the mix, former strategies lose all of their purpose and force the player to develop new ones to survive. What might have kept you safe from the fist and the octo-torpedo combo earlier in phase one is completely out the window when you end up on this winding, narrow path. Or the timing of how you used to deflect the fists up to phase four is gone when a killer whale attack demands either movement or death. I would argue that just as this element exists in Octavio's fight, it's mirrored within the different attack patterns present with enemy sub-weapons and specials in the multiplayer. Since foes' weapons charge out of sync with one another, depending on how much ink they've sprayed, their game-shifting attacks can end up feeling random and require a quick reaction and planning time window to stay safe. Your strategy that's worked for the past minute of the match is thrown entirely off course when a Kraken is moving in on your location. Having situations like this that require thinking on your feet to either kill or be killed is such an important centerpiece of Splatoon's weapon circle strategy. All in all, the love and care put into Splatoon's final boss fight serves as a perfect teaching moment by reviewing all of the elements the campaign has taught about multiplayer survival. By heavily emphasizing the multitasking of offensive and defensive moves, the battle's design pushes the player to understand the requirements of the game's competitive online multiplayer. I think the reason this fight sticks with me so much is how, without being overbearing or obnoxious, the game is able to teach the player the best methods of play by having the player actually experience how those playstyles succeed in applicable scenarios. And not just in dialogue pop-ups or button prompts, because I've seen enough of those. 